Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Rice and Mike's podcast. I'm your host, Tung Nguyen, and today I'm joined with a very special guest of mine today. His name is Gary Lee from Prime Performance. Gary, how are you going today? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? Not too bad. Awesome. I think I always say that on every episode. Not too bad. <laughs> it's like the general retail answer everyone gives. Yeah, yeah. So, how do I know Gary? You want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, oh man, it goes back so far. Back, way back into primary, I, I guess, man, I can't even remember how we met. I, I just remember gaming days, big, big gaming days when we used to play um, <laughs> Maple Story. Maple Story. Oh. oh, man. Maple Story, big memories. XX um, Gary XX29. Oh, yeah. I don't even remember your username. Holy shit. Lil Poke XD. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking hell. Oh, man. Memories. And then I just, we just went to school together, primary all the way through to high school. Yeah, we just. Our parents know each other. Do they? Don't they? Or maybe it's like an Asian thing where like, you know, they're just so easy to meet up and just talk, you know. It's like, oh, hey, you know. Um, mm. Yeah, like that sort of thing. Like when, when parents go and pick up their kids oh, yeah. and it's just like, oh, you know, is that or your staying. kid? Yeah, yeah, and they just talk. Especially like Vietnamese people. Like it's just, oh, like it's so easy for Vietnamese mums to make friends. Yeah, that, yeah. Is, that is the case. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, hey, you know, is that your son? Oh, this is my son. They just click. And they're like, what, what, what are his marks? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well? Exactly. Better than my son? Oh man. And they're like, "Oh, psh, you should look at Gary. He's doing well in maths. You know, what are you doing? You're getting less than him." They can be like that sometimes, just um, comparing the pair. Same age, same income, same school. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think in high school we didn't really chat as much. Yeah. We were kind of in different social circles and then outside of that we kind of caught up again. Mm-hmm. So, uh, before we jump into that, uh, Gary, you want to tell us what you do for work now? Uh, now, I'm a, I'm a personal trainer based in Sydney. I do that pretty much full-time. It's my, my career. And yeah, I'm a personal trainer, online coach. work to help, I guess, people transform their, their bodies and their lives. You also run an Instagram page for your marketing and kind of showcasing all your other clients. Mm-hmm. How many followers do you have now? Oh, uh, seven, seven hundred and something. Seven hundred something. Yeah, yeah. all right. So quite notable at least. Uh, but yeah, I do notice you are quite active on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got uh, quite a few, you know, client progress shots, which were really nice progress and just really informative kind of videos and slideshows you've got on there. Mm-hmm. What's the handle? Just to plug it for us. <laughs> uh, well, you guys can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Gary Prime PT. But yeah, yeah, I do try to post as much educational content as possible just to kind of, I guess, not only educate everyone, but provide a different outlook with the fitness industry, if you will. I, I guess I just want people to understand it's more than just exercising, especially with personal trainers. It's more than just, you know, your face-to-face session. It's that trust, the communication, the intimacy, but also more importantly, the education around everything else to help you get your result from, you know, stress management to recovery to nutrition yeah, and everything in between. So the story behind us catching up after school. So we didn't really chat much in high school. And then after that, I kind of caught up with Gary at someone's karaoke party and had a bit to drink. And I was like, you know, I always look at Gary's Instagram <laughs> posts. They look cool. And at the time I was pretty, pretty skinny. I was 55 kilos. I'm about 170 centimeters in height. Uh, but yeah, uh, I was 55. And then when I started dating Michelle, I hit 62, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the age-old relationship fat on yeah. me. Uh, so I was like skinny fat. I was yeah. like skinny. And then once he hit my belly, it was like boop. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I always get teased by my mates. So I'm going to hit up Gary. <laughs> and I'm like, Gary, you know what? I'll send you an email, man. While I'm like a bit drunk, I was like, I'll send him an email. Let's try to get this started. And then the next day, I was like, fuck, why did I send that, man? Now I got to do something about it. <laughs> so, I'm, I email him and I'm like, all right, let's 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 try it. Let's see how it is. Let's do the consultation. And we get started. You know, initially, I was like, God, what am I doing? This I'm in so much pain. Why is everything in the gym so heavy? Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> so, I think I did that for about like 16 weeks. Yeah. Nearly 20. Yeah. And, you know, I could say I... I really liked it. It was a, a big eye opener, just having a personal trainer. And I'm not trying to, I'm not, I'm not trying to market him just because he's my friend. Like I genuinely did have a uh, really good time with the, um, uh, with the PT side of things. 
you mentioned earlier there were like misconceptions mm-hmm. with a PT. Mm-hmm. Do you want to? Yeah, I think it it depends where where people are from that, that that are listening to this. But the general misconception with personal training is, I guess, what they can expect. But not only just that with personal training, but it's also because we live in a, a day and age where technology is a big part of our society and information has become very accessible. And it's, it gets to the point where people think they can do it all. And I don't blame them. I don't blame them because information is very accessible and it is free. But knowing how to do something, whether it's an exercise or you know knowing how to handle your nutrition is one thing. But being able to actually apply it and have someone behind you monitor, guide, and just keep you accountable is a whole different, you know, scenario. But a big part of, you know, the misconceptions around PT or personal training is the fact that people think it's just the session alone. Like, you, you pay for the session alone. And PTs, they, they do come at a premium cost depending on the, the trainer and their experience. And in hindsight, it's very easy to just kind of look at it and, and think that, Oh, all I'm really paying for is a session. Why is it so expensive? You know, like, mm. but it's not just their time. People don't see the background work that they that they need to do from you know, check-ins, touching base with you know the rest of their clients, not just you know you as a client, but every other person, program writing, um, handling their nutrition, and in in a sense, we're also their therapist and friend. You know, we're we're there to listen to them when they have issues, and we're there to guide them when issues arise, if, whether it's in or outside of fitness. You know. And I think that's a big part of the job that people don't see. And it's the, the hours that we put in outside of the gym as well that they don't see. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, I noticed when I mentioned things like, aren't people that we know that are quite fit already, aren't they quite versed in fitness already? And then you were like, well, kind of, but... It's about the efficiency, I think, is what you mentioned. Yeah, look, it, it, it depends on the person. But like, a, as we know, you know, people within our social group, gym is a big part of it. And we know that there are people who, like, let's say Stephen, for example. Is that right? one of our friends? Yeah, one of our friends, Stephen, very lean guy, very, very lean. Looks amazing, amazing physique. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stephen, if you hear this, shout out to Stephen. <laughs> he does listen to this. Yeah, um, very lean physique, right? But... In saying that, there's always things that that could be learnt from, you know, a professional. For example, when people service their own car, for example, like I know, I know of um, friends who who would service their own car, you know, change their own oils and whatnot, and that's fine. You know, it's absolutely fine. You know how to do that. That's awesome. Save yourself a trip to the mechanic. But there will always be things that you know mechanics might know about your car or like cars in general that you might not know. Or, for example, a person who's sick and then they, they check the WebMD and they think oh, they can diagnose man. themselves uh, in comparison to actually going to see a professional yeah, like yeah, a doctor yeah. and it's like, oh, all of a sudden, fuck, I have cancer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, fuck, WebMD told me I have cancer. Oh, shit. You know, that's what I mean by like technology is, is so accessible and information is so accessible to the point where people think that they can do it all. And I don't blame them, but professionals to a degree will always, you know, have something to offer. Mm. Yeah, and I think hiring a PT just like coming back to efficiency really cuts the learning curve or the time it takes for that learning curve in half and tries to get you to that point, like point A to point B a lot quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think it was really daunting for me when I first, when I first started going to the gym myself. A lot of people think that when you go there for the first time, a lot of people are sort of judgmental on how you look. They're like, oh, this guy is like, you know, he's, he's really fat. What is he doing? What's he doing here? But a lot of people are actually just, you know, there to better themselves or they're just sort of in their own world. Mm-hmm. And they're actually um, proud of, you know, someone like, you know, if you, if you might be overweight or if you might be underweight and you're kind of going to the gym, um, they're actually, you know, quite proud of seeing someone there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's just a lot to do with our mind, with a lot of self-esteem things. Uh, but yeah, like, do you have any like tips for someone that might be wanting to start the gym? Yeah. Look, I, I definitely get where, where you're coming from with that. Being on the smaller and skinnier end of the spectrum growing up, like throughout high school, I was probably weighing about 40 to 50 kilos. It wasn't until probably 
end of high school when I was like the mid 50s. What, how tall are you? Oh man, I'm like 164 centimeters oh, okay. around there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely can can understand where the self esteem issues would stem from. When you go to the gym, you feel like you're either the smallest, or you go to the gym and you feel like you're the heaviest guy there or girl. Look, my biggest tip would be to, yeah, like as Tung mentioned, everyone's there to better themselves. No one's really there to judge. And those who are judging, right, they're, they're usually the ones that aren't getting very far themselves anyway. And if if you're a person who's judging at the gym, honestly, shame on you. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking shame on you, man. Like, yeah. um, everyone's trying to go there to improve on their own body composition. And if rather than judge, you should honestly be trying to help if you see someone at the gym who's who's a little bit of a uh, uh like a lost puppy right like <laughs> extend extend your 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 help and um kind of assist them uh in whatever way shape or form the the best mindset that i, I had back then was ignoring the fact that you know people are, are going to judge regardless they're going to judge and their judgment and opinions don't help you get to where you are but also another thing that that really helped me back then was um, training with a friend and having a training partner definitely made the whole experience a lot less daunting. As we, as we mentioned earlier, coming from school, uh, we had a lot of friends or people in our social groups that, that went to the gym and um, I would just ask, you know, my friends to take me, um, like one of our friends, Alexander Atso or Tomajak. Yeah. Um, or even Simon. Simon, um, we would go to the gym together and... Yeah, I think it was a lot less anxious. I was I was a lot less anxious when, when I had a training partner there. And then eventually, once you kind of develop the confidence, you'll be able to, I guess, fly, yeah, spread your wings and fly alone. Mm. And it, if you really want to, you know, speed up that process, I definitely recommend hiring a personal trainer. Yeah, if you wear glasses like me, my tip would be to not wear it go to the gym because you can't tell who's looking at you or not oh amazing everything's just a blur yeah so if you have bad vision that's one of the perks if yeah. you're scared of going to the gym definitely amazing yeah. so prior to becoming a pt were you studying at uni um yeah so I, I was i went to uni for one semester um i did policing actually and i, I did not enjoy it um I, the only reason i did it was because i felt like I guess coming from an Asian background, I felt this pressure and um, of needing to to have some sort of direction, and I felt like that direction or pathway was created through education within uni or continuous education anyway. And so I, I just you know randomly chose a course and I tried it out for a semester and I, I did not like it at all. Not not even just the course itself, but also I think just studying at the time anyway um, wasn't for me. And eventually, I just dropped out and became a bit of a bum. Wait, you randomly chose policing? Yeah. Wait, what were your other preferences? Business, teaching at one point. That is a mixed bag of courses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. See see what I mean? Like, it was very (laughs) random. Like, I I didn't care. I just felt like I I was choosing things that I felt like I might have enjoyed as a career until I... I, um, Well, I I think I had an offer for business, but I didn't take it because the offer for policing came up and that seemed more enticing. So yeah. I went with that, but um, I didn't like it and I didn't get a, a teaching offer. Um, so yeah, but I, I eventually um, dropped out anyway. So yeah, but you can kind of come to understand like the courses that I chose were just at random, like I th- whatever I felt like I could build a career with, but also whatever I felt like um, I would enjoy later on. So, what did you hate about the course? It was mostly the studying. It was a studying. It was the assignments. It was a bit of the stress. Um, but also, because the first year or first semester, um, I felt like I didn't learn much about policing as a whole. It was more about um, society and whatnot, which I, I get it all ties together later on. But um, it was a bit slow for me. So, I was like, oh, this is boring. And it's kind of, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of left. Did your mom pressure you to go to uni? She didn't really, really pressure me, but she definitely wanted me to go to uni, and I felt like, like I, I owed that much to her, you know, like oh, I'll just, I'll just do as you say, yeah, yeah, sort of thing. And so I, I enrolled, um, and I told her, and she was actually quite happy because you know, government job, it's stable, um, and I'm doing something with my life rather than just sitting home playing games. <laughs> so, 
um, at that point, she was like, oh, yeah, good on you, good, good job, you know? And, it's, and again, back to the Asian, you know, culture, it's like, oh, my son's studying policing. Uni. Yeah. yeah, or like, my son's at uni, he's trying to be a <laughs> cop, you know, like, all that, yeah. that sort of bullshit. But, yeah, and then um, from there, just, uh, just didn't like it, so I just kind of bailed. So, after that, what were you doing? Um, was there, like, a gap? There was already a gap from after I graduated high school leading into uni because you and I, we graduated 2014, class yeah. of 2014. I didn't get into uni till I think it was August or like late 2015. And from f- during that, that time gap, I was just, um, I was working at a, a, a labor job. Oh, actually, no, my, my very first job was a bowling alley. I worked at a bowling alley. <laughs> Which one was that? Um, the one in Orange Grove. Oh, uh, what's a- it called? A- AMF or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I worked there for like three weeks and I quit. <laughs> what did I worked you there do? for three weeks. No, because they, they only gave me one shift a week and it was like a Saturday and it was three hours. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to make ends meet with this. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. <laughs> but I would literally get paid more from Centrelink than I did that job. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, nah, I quit, bro. And I tried to look for another job and eventually I found another job and um, I worked at a factory for a little bit as a pickpacker. Yeah. And then I, I I can't remember if I introduced that job to, to Atso, our friend Alexander, or if he introduced it to me. But eventually, at one point, we were both working that job, mm. but just different times. Um, worked there for quite a bit. And then... Um, so my money was pretty decent there, right? I, th- I think so. I think it was mm, like for the average. Age. Yeah, for, our, for my age at the time. Yeah, it was pretty decent. Like, it was enough to go out, you know, um, mm. pay for like a phone bill, you know, here and there, just buy foods, buy clothes, you know, stuff like that, like like you would as a teenager. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, after that, I, I just, um, I, I got bored of it because one, it was a boring job with no progression. And um, two, the just the atmosphere and the environment was, was dirty and like boring and um, just a little, little deflating. In terms of so like, it's really like monotonous. Yeah, that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I was just, eventually I was like, oh no, I'm, I'm tired of this, so I, I left. And then fast forward, Fuji Xerox. Ooh, oh, what Fuji a time! Xerox. Oh man, what a time for real! Like a whole bunch of us from high school worked there. I thought Fuji Xerox was like a like they made printers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. That's like what I thought that's pr- what printers did. and paper. That's what I thought yeah. they were all about. And then um, one day. Our friend, my good friend Jason, Jason La, he 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 sent uh, a job ad to our group chat, and he's like, "Oh hey, uh, my brother's friend told me about this job. You know, we should all apply or something like that." Mm. And then um, we all applied. He, I, I don't know how many people he sent that that job ad to. A lot of us. Yeah, a lot. There was a, at one point, I think there was our group at work, our friend group at work was just so big. <laughs> it was like high school all, all over again. Um, but yeah. And, for some reason, I actually got accepted first. Yeah, yeah. That's right. b- before like Jason even got the job or anything, and I worked there before the most of you, and and then but then you were all working in one, the same department, and mm. I was working like a different company contract thing. Yeah. Um. At that point, I think I was working um for the ATO, like for taxation purposes, and you guys were working the election. Did we mention it was data entry? Yeah. Data. Oh well, we did now. Yeah. It was it was a data entry role. Yeah. Yeah, and um, it was that was quite monotonous as well. But the pay was pretty good. It was easy. Yeah, that's the, what I liked. Yeah, it, it was easy. It was clean. The environment was clean. And you sit there. Yeah, you sit down. Oh, I'm not lifting so anything. Yeah, I, I'm not on my feet eight hours a day wearing steel cap boots and just oh, lifting God. things. Um, you know, <laughs> some the, people like that. Yeah, and that's but. fine. Um, but yeah, like I think for 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 me or us, yeah. we preferred to be in an office. Um, at that time anyway. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, we're just typing, just typing all day. So easy. Yeah, so, so, so easy. And then um, from there, oh, I stayed there for a, a good year. Mm. Well, how long were you there for? Uh, I think just for the contracts, it might have just been like a month or two. Yeah. And then what did you do after that? I was doing like food delivery. Yeah. I didn't mention that in the other episode. I just remembered now. Mm. I was doing like uh, doing like food driving delivery for a small Japanese restaurant. Mm-hmm. Pretty easy as well because I was just... I was just listening to like podcasts yeah, when I was yeah. driving, sitting in traffic, getting paid for it. Yeah. But the money was like, eh, yeah. it wasn't much. Yeah. And then, yeah, I was at Hungry Jack's for a bit as well then. So, yeah. Yeah. But that's the, that's the thing with easy jobs. Like, 
the easy and the good. Um, and I think the thing about Fuji Xerox was it was easy. The pay was decent, and we had a lot of friends, so it was it was fun in a sense. And the location was good. The location was close. It was Me ten minutes. Short. Yeah, like ten minutes from where where I lived anyway. Mm. Um, so that was it. Ticked all the boxes. Yeah, it ticked all the boxes except for progression. Like there was not going to be any, you know, progression from there. Like ten years from now, the amount that we were making at the time isn't going to be a lot. Uh-huh. It was a lot to us at the time. Yeah, when yeah. we were 18, 19, <laughs> yeah. sure. We are making a decent amount of money. But yeah, after a little while, it's like, oh, well, what's next? Yeah. Yeah, that sort of thing. And I think that's that's what kick, kick-started me to leave a year later. Like, um, yeah, this, besides money. Uh, eventually, because all you guys left as well um, after oh, your yeah. contract finished. Uh, yeah. I was there the longest. and But yeah, after a while, I was like, oh, yeah, there's, there's not much left for me here. So, after you left, was that... You, when you started the uh, PT side of things, I think I think after I left, I oh what did I do? No, I think I took about a a month or two off actually, <laughs> and my friends warned me about this as well. So stupid, I should have listened to them. But my 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 group of friends like Simon, Kevin, if you guys are hearing this, yeah, they they warned me about quitting abruptly and not looking for a job beforehand oh nothing it, lined up yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, i was like nah it's all right it's all right don't worry i'll, I'll find a job like <laughs> right away but uh, right after i quit and i i partly quit because it, the work environment was getting a little toxic as well like um they were expecting a, a, a whole lot and it was getting like micromanagey sort of thing oh, I yeah hate that. yeah like they were just kind of on your tail all the time but yeah and, and i couldn't stand it anymore so i quit uh but prior to quitting i i, I like to Sometimes I like to talk to my friends about making, like, before I make a, a, a big-ish decision. Mm. Um, and, and, like, Simon and Kevin, they're the ones I always go to and um, I, I talk to them. And they're, they're like, oh, mate, don't quit yet. Just, you know, f- stick it out. Find a job first um, and then quit. And then I was like, oh, no, nah, I'm pretty sure I'll find a job. <laughs> and then I ended up, <laughs> I just abruptly quit. Like, walked in one day and I'm like, you know what, I quit. And then, um, yeah, I was out for, like, one to two months. Didn't, didn't do anything. I was just living off savings, um, stayed home. I think I was on the dole for a little while. Nice. <laughs> um, and then from there, I, I was like, oh, you know, at that at that point in time, I I like I guess um, liking for the gym it had increased over time, over the years, more and more. And then eventually, I was like, you know, what, maybe I'll try and make a career out of this. But it was at that point, I was I was a bit iffy about it as well because being a PT is hard, man. It's it's hard in the sense that income is very unstable. Mm. Um, you never know when your clients are going to come and go. You never know, you know, if this week's stability in terms of um, how much you make is going to be the same next week. And that's why uh, I was a bit deterred from from wanting to go study and become a qualified PT because um, I definitely feared uh, not making, not being able to make ends meet. But also, I don't consider myself as an extrovert. But being a PT, you, you really have to put yourself out there and you, you kind of have to reach out to people, talk to people and understand their problems and provide them with the solution. Being a PT, you're in the people's business. You know, you got to be likable, um, got to be approachable and relatable. And I, I, I definitely didn't feel like I was those things. Um, I, I, for the most part, I actually like to keep to myself sometimes. And um, I guess all of that, like a combination of all those like self-doubt thoughts definitely kept me from trying to pursue a, a career in something I, I actually like. Uh, and then eventually, uh, I just couldn't think of anything else. Like, I'm not going back to uni. I'm not studying policing again. I didn't. I wasn't going to get into business or um, teaching. So, I was like, you know what? I'll just, I'll just give it a go. Um, and then, yeah, just studied PT back in 2018 and then graduated. So, prior to studying um, like the PT course, you mentioned you were kind of like growing a liking to the, the gym at the time. Mm-hmm. All right, before you mentioned that, you said you were going with people from school to mm-hmm. go to the gym. Mm-hmm. So, was that regular? Um, it was it was semi-regular. I think uh, the issue back then was transportation. <laughs> um, yeah, like walking to and from gym was a, a bit of a trek, but also weather uh, and yeah, not having our license. So, yeah. But we definitely tried to go as, as often as we could and like sometimes... Uh, me and my friend Simon, like we would go on the weekends, get one of our parents to take us. Mm. But w- there were times where during summer, we would walk from school all the way to Orange Grove to the gym. And th- 
there were days in like 40 degree heat we would walk to the gym and by the time we got to the gym our shirt our tops were like drenched and how long is the walk again probably about 30 to 40 minutes depending on how fast we walk and you guys yeah sometimes we walk yeah we will walk there and back but sometimes we'll be lucky enough where we just walk there train and then we'll have someone pick us up and go home and we live very close to each other so yeah that one of the you know, finer, finer joys in life. Oh, my God. Yeah, no transportation. <laughs> Cardio was good at least. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was a good good warm-up, pre-workout warm-up. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, like I, I didn't consistently start going to the gym until after high school when I when I got my license, but also because um, my brother, my brother, actually the owner of um, Prime Performance, our director, he opened his own gym or opened a franchise and... Um, it was a powerlifting gym and he, he got me into it. It was like, oh, you know, you should um you should come train here and that's 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 kind of where it all started. So you were going to the gym pretty often, like when you were at the factory job and Fuji Xerox? Not Fuji Xerox, but yes, the factory job. I think during Fuji Xerox, um because it was so uh, mundane and the hours were so long. Like initially when I started working at Fuji Xerox, in comparison to the guys, like the, our friends, they were working about eight hours. I was working 10 hours or so, right. Yeah, I was working about 10 hours a week. Sorry, 10 hours a day, 10 hours a day, every day, like seven days a week. What, seven days? Yeah, my, my when I first started at Fuji Xerox, for the first month, I worked 70 hour weeks for the first month. And um, it was about six to four. Was Six, that part of the contract or you were just like, no, like I need they just, all the money? Yeah, like they just threw me in. Like if, uh, they didn't tell me it was going to be that long. But then when I got there, they were like, oh, yeah, um, we actually have overtime to offer you if you'd like to. to oh, it must have been really good. Yeah, they, it was it was mad. And on the weekends as well was like just, oof, juicy. Racking it in. Yeah. So like, you know, I'm 18-year-old making stupid, amount, stupid, stupid amounts of money. Just spent um, on dumb stuff. Yeah, just spent it on dumb, re- big regrets, by the way. But um. Yeah, I, I had the time. I wouldn't say I didn't have time, but I just didn't have the energy. What were you buying, actually? Oh, man, just freaking stupid materialistic things, man. With clothes, yeah, expensive clothes, stuff. Clothes and just going out to eat all the time. Uh, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, just going out to eat, but mostly just like clothes and shoes and dumb, just dumb <laughs> shit. So dumb. But um, I like I like to think I know a lot better now. I'm definitely much, much more careful with my finances. I wish, but I just wish I was, you know, more careful back then. Mm. But uh, yeah, like I think, yeah, just tra- working 10 hours a day, sitting, just typing all day kind of just drains me. And because like I mentioned, um, the guys, they were working in a different department. So I was kind of by myself Yeah, yeah. Um, with like the older, older workers or population. So, so even though it's not physically demanding, it's still kind of like mentally draining. Yeah, yeah. Like there's nothing to stress over. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing to stress over. I didn't take home any work, literally just data entry um typing in stuff on the computers and it was just so boring like i, I would feel I, I would feel so tired throughout the shift and like my mind would just go elsewhere and then um and <laughs> it, in my in my room they didn't allow us to talk what about like music earphones yeah music but smooth fm oh like the, the radio yeah not, not your own earphones nah nah oh. no phones no talking no like none of your own music and then all you hear is like smooth 95.3 <laughs> fuck i still remember it bro like it's that. oh my god i'll never for- forget it like i'm never gonna forget that station it was just even the music that that smooth plays was repetitive same rotation yep same rotation yeah. same playlist every day shift after shift for the whole month 10 hours a day that's rough. Yeah, like some and like the games they will play, the songs they play, like eventually you just kind of like know what's going to come up next. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, like oh my gosh, everything was just so repetitive. Um yeah, and eventually it started to calm down and the, the shifts came back down and went back to like 8 hours. So you would have been pretty financially comfortable if you stayed around there. Yes, except um towards the end or the latter part of the year, because there was less work coming in, eventually our shifts were getting cut more and more. So, oh, like, yeah. it started off at, like, 70-hour weeks, and then eventually, after a little while, it went to 40-hour um, weeks, so regular time. Mm. And then I think about six to eight months later, it, it went from, like, five days to four days, four days to three days, and then eventually, like, half days for three days. And um, that, that 
that went on for a little bit. So yeah, like income started to drop a little bit. So I guess that was another reason. I was like, oh, this isn't going to work out. Yeah. Mm. So going back to when your brother first started the franchise. Mm-hmm. So you started working uh, like what at the gym as like a PT there? No, no, I didn't. I never worked for him. I've never worked for him up until Prime Performance started opening. So after I graduated my Cert 3 and 4 for fitness. How long was that? Oh, it was only a three-month course. Oh, for yeah. both? Yeah. Oh, it's pretty quick. Yeah, it's quick. Uh, depending on which institute you go with. At that time, I was impatient, so I wanted to go with the quickest one. So usually the pathways to becoming a PT, you can either do it through uni and do like a Bachelor of Exercise and Sports Science or... You can just go to TAFE or you can go to a private institute like AIPT or like Australian Institute of Fitness or whatever it is. Depending on which one you go to, you may or may not receive HEX help. But the main difference is um, the duration of the course. So if you do like, say, with TAFE, I think it might be like a year. If you do your bachelor's in sports and exercise science, I think it's probably like three, three years. years yeah, yeah, three or four years. Um, and then if you do AIPT or AIF, it's probably about six to 10 or maybe close to a year, um, six to 10 months or like close to a year. And then the one that I chose, um, Fit College, shout out to Fit College. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that one was three months. So at that time, that was that like was the full most- time Yeah, full-time studying. studying um, I think it was three or four days a week. Yeah. But it was only like four hours a day. Um, so that one was the most enticing for me. So I, I just wanted to get my qualifications ASAP. Sort of so I, can, I one, I'm not lazy and two, I don't back out. So I just kind yeah. of get into it straight away. And how did you find the courses there in comparison to like your policing? Oh, yeah, it was definitely more engaging. Yeah, definitely more engaging in the sense that it, there was theory, but there was also um, practicality, like we'd go down to the gym because my, my institute had a, um, was actually above a gym, like upstairs from a gym. So we would have access to a gym, get to train, uh, role play, learn about the theory. Um, so yeah, I, I guess maybe because my love for fitness was growing, that's why it, it might have seemed more fun i guess yeah so you're you're a lot more engaged once you started that course yeah all right so you completed the course and what happened after that did you sign up to prime pt straight away or no so prime didn't actually start until 29 like the start of 2019 ish end of 2018 start of 2019 so i graduated my cert three and four i think it was may I think it was May in 2018 and I didn't actually get into the industry right away until towards the end of 2018 because I actually went on a holiday after that. I went I went to Thailand for a little bit. Nice. Yeah. And um, right when I came back, that's when I, I jumped into the industry. Yeah. And I, I, I was interning at the franchise that my brother opened at, but not his location. I was interning there for a little oh, bit. Okay. And then eventually from there, I, I actually looked for another uh, another job as a PT and I found one at the city. I didn't know they had interns for gyms though. Yeah, so, sort of intern. Um, I guess that's what I like to call it, but just kind of like a work placement sort of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, just to gain some experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then from there, I, I went to this gym in the city. It's called Vision. Um, it's more of a PT studio. So it's different in comparison to like your commercial gyms where PTs sign up to pay rent and work there pt studio you work as a pt there you don't need to pay rent but instead you get paid an hourly rate and finding clients or whenever a client signs up to that gym they're automatically assigned a pt as opposed oh. to commercial gyms when you just sign up to the gym it's um every man for themselves yeah every yeah. man for themselves sort of thing but in the pt studio uh, especially being in the city the rate at which your membership cost is obvious. It obviously comes at a premium. Yeah. Um, and also they have to cover, you know, the PT that's training them, um, which was really good. I think it was really good in the sense that I, I learned a lot of people skills. I learned a lot of um, how to deliver a session. And it, it's the people skills part that, that wowed me the most because they don't teach you that much about, I guess, interacting with people in your cert three and four. It's more, more so the theory and a little bit of business. So just teaching you about fitness, maybe a little bit of nutrition, and then um, mostly, yeah, just the, the theory around exercising. Um, but yeah, the but at the end of the day, you know, being a PT is a service. You're in a service industry, trying to um, help people. 
And to a degree, you have to be relatable. You have to be likable. You could be the best coach in the world and have all the knowledge around training and nutrition and, you know, transform the best of bodies. But if people don't like you, they're not going to sign with you. Yeah. From there, it's just pointless. <laughs> but yeah, fast forward from there. Uh, eventually, I, I left that gym in the city, mostly because transport... Um, the was, commute? Yeah, the commute was a bit... It, it was outweighing everything else, pretty much. And again, it was hard to make ends meet because I wasn't working in a commercial gym. The way I had to find clients, believe it or not, was actually go out on the streets. Oh, yeah, and, that guy. And talk to people. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was rough, man. No one likes those people, nah, man. Nah, nah. I just want to get up, get on with it. Yeah, like, and, like flyers and everything, bro. Oh, man. It was me and this other guy that, that joined the same gym and work together at the start and we both did it. So it was fun in the sense that I had a companion to do all this like mm. cold legion um, stuff with, but oh my God, it was so fucking rough. <laughs> so, so rough. Like uh, every day I'd show up for work, I'd have a few clients um, that the gym finds for me, but then, you know, it's not enough. And then they're like, oh, okay, you want more clients? You're going to have to go out and like engage with people, talk to people, get them to sign up to the gym. And then, you know, that client will be yours. Mm. And um, yeah, I was there for about three months or something like that. Um, and I'm telling you, I was making peanuts. Like, <laughs> I was lucky to even make a quarter of what I used to make at at Fuji Xerox. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and again, like the commute was just outweighing everything else. Um, like you know, you got petrol, you got time. Mm. You know, driving to and from and parking, it was just way too much. And plus, um, just yeah, lunch and everything. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. So everything was adding up, and. They told us in our Cert 3 and 4 course that the PT turnover rate, meaning how long a PT is usually lasting right now in the industry, is six months. Is that in general? Uh, yeah, in general. Like right now, uh, it could be worse now. But back then, like years ago, the PT turnover rate was about two years. So usually a PT will last about two years before they go back to their desk job. How long ago was that? Oh, years ago. I can't even remember. But yeah. over the years, that, that PT turnover rate has, has gotten shorter and shorter. So, the lifespan oh, of geez. a PT yeah, has, has dropped significantly. And by the time I was in college studying for my Cert 3 and 4, they had told me the PT turnover rate during that time, which is 2018, was six months. So, the lifespan of, a, of average PT is, is six months. And by the time I was looking to quit my job at the city, that was ringing in in about six months. And this is including like my intern time, working there for three months. And like by the time I was qualified, yeah, it, it added up like, oh, it's about six months. <laughs> and at this point, I remember I, I went down to see my brother and um, we, we, ha- we sat down and we spoke. And I was like, man, I don't, I don't think this is, this is for me. I, I just don't think um, this is cutting out anymore. Like I, I, I can't make ends meet. Uh, like I'm not making any money. Um, I think I, I should just like go back to an office shop or maybe like, I don't know, go go apply for a bank or something. Mm. And then he, he was like, don't be stupid. You're not going to like it. You didn't like it to begin with um, and you're not going to like it now. You should stick it out and try again. And then I was like, dude, you, like, do you know what I've been doing in the city and what they have me doing, trying to fucking look for clients and shit? It's so stupid. And then um, eventually he was like, oh, look, I'm trying to, I'm going to start this whole endeavor. And then um, why don't you come join me? And then I was, again, pretty skeptical because... I it didn't launch then, right? No, I didn't launch. Yeah. Oh, actually, maybe it did. Oh, like maybe a soft launch or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, and then um, he, he was just um, convincing me to, to join him and help him out. And I, at that point, I was skeptical. I was like, oh, if it didn't work out once, why would it work out now? But at the same time, um, I wasn't working in a commercial gym. And I didn't, know, I didn't have the know-how or the tools to help me succeed. And then now... Fast forward, I, I joined him. It's been a year and a half since that conversation. And I haven't looked back since, actually. So, pretty crazy to think about that. Uh, I, I've come this far and I've actually overcome that PT turnover rate. Yeah. So, when did you start um, working under him? So um, March 2019. Oh, okay. So, it's been like a year and six months. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. All right. So, was it weird? Working under your brother? A little bit. I, I A big part of why I didn't re- want to reach out to him and work in his franchise or gym at that time was because, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to work under him. Like, uh, I, I didn't want to answer to him. 
Um, yeah, uh, he's probably going to hear this because, <laughs> um, um, yeah, but he, I didn't want to work under him. It was just um, something that, I don't know what it was, but I just something about me, like I was just stubborn. I'm like, oh, Did you guys get to. along when you were kids? Um, we weren't very close, uh, but that's because, you know, we have a 10-year age gap. Oh, okay. Yeah, a 10-year age gap. We weren't very close. You know, he always did his thing. I did my thing. Uh, but he did always try to, you know, be a, a, a father figure and uh, mm. discipline me. Uh, which, like, growing up now and now that I'm more mature and less of a fucking brat, I can <laughs> see where he was coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But, yeah, a big part of me didn't really want to work with him or work for him, sorry. But, you know, at the same time, I didn't want to give up trying to be a PT and making this work. So, uh, I just kind of let that go and I was like, you know what, I'm going to give this a go. And I- I'm I'm so glad I did. I'm honestly very thankful and grateful for the opportunities that he's given me, but also the skills and tools that I've, I've gathered along the way over the last year and a half have been um, honestly very life-changing, not just from a business or PT standpoint in helping people, but also just from understanding people from an emotional level and just developing the communication skills that I have now to to talk to people and just the confidence as well. Yeah. So, after you left Fuji Xerox and you were kind of like first stepping, um, you know, testing the waters, so to speak, with the PT business, uh, was your mum supportive of this move? Absolutely not. <laughs> she she doesn't like anything to do with sales. I think, look, she's very nice. She's a very nice lady. She's very lenient. She's very easygoing and she doesn't vocalize it, but... I know that deep down, because I'm not a doctor, then, you know, it's it's not enough. <laughs> um, but that that's partly why I'm, I'm trying so hard as well and, like, trying to trying to build my own online base and, like, my, my PT business. Um, and I think um, over the last year and a half, it's, it's been really well. But, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely just trying to show her that, I guess, with the Asian stigma of having to be a doctor or dentist or anything in the medical field, I'm trying to show her that there are other ways. Mm. Um, but also, I'm obviously trying to do this to 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 pay her back as well and show myself that I can do it. Yeah. Before you, you mentioned you also had like an online client base. Mm-hmm. All right. So you got the general PT people that are here. Yeah. So how does the online side work? Online side works in the sense that everything's um, based in an online platform, uh, and it's more suited to for me personally. With I guess my coaching philosophy is, um, it's more suited for. People who are, I guess, more confident in themselves for the in, uh, to navigate around the gym, and everything's done through an online platform. You know, from consultation to writing up a client's program to educating them on fitness and nutrition, everything in between. But they don't get the face-to-face aspect. But uh, in that sense, it's also more convenient um, for, say, example, um, people who are out of the area and they don't want to travel or commute to see me or like they just don't have the time to free up um, for that face-to-face session Mm. Um, or even just people interstate uh, in which case you know online would be the next best thing oh you've got clients interstate yeah yeah i've got two yeah which i which i thought were really cool as well um when i first um, signed them to have people trust me enough to actually take me on as a coach even though they haven't met me yeah, I think that that in itself was probably one of the biggest achievements that that I've gotten, or and, and compliments really this year in 2020. So it's not really suited for people that aren't that experienced in the gym. Yeah, mainly because miscommunication through you know uh, messages, but also trying to cue a beginner athlete in you know getting into the right position for an exercise can be rather hard through. Um, text or even just um, voice, sometimes you just need mm. that physical aspect of being there to really manipulate uh, their body position or, or something like that and just have that intimacy face-to-face to really help them. And I, I guess that's why in, in the past, you know, when, when the clients ask for online, I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical because um, at the end of the day, yes, it's a business and I, I'm trying to make a living. But at the same time, I'm not trying to do the client an injustice by not being able to help them properly. And to a degree, I don't think a lot of people utilize an online coach 
to the best of their abilities, in which case I don't think it's suited for them. Um, and again, as I mentioned in the past, PT or personal training or having a coach in general can be a bit of a premium price service. And we, we want to help you where we're there to help you. Like, yes, it's a business and we're making a living, but we're ultimately there to help you. And if I feel like I can't help you or if I feel like a client has, I guess, um, not really taken away anything, that, that makes me feel kind of like, eh, like not very good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you, you joined your brother and you had to build a client somehow. Mm-hmm. So how did you start getting your first couple people in? Oh, that's a good question. Um, very good question. With like, let's say, let's say there was other PTs listening. Honestly, my, my biggest tip would be to talk to people. But my first few clients came through the reception staff of the gym that I was working at. Okay, so you worked at a. I worked at a um, at Plus Fitness, um, one of the Plus Fitness franchises, and. Luckily for me at that time, the reception or floor shift staff that worked there were actually around my age. Oh. Um, shout out to Scott and Julie. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, no, they, they were around my age and um, we, we became friends like very, very quickly. Like we just clicked and it was very easy to build clients because they would just send people my way like oh um, whenever people sign up and they ask oh do you guys have trainers or like um, oh nice yeah or like do we do we get a free session you know stuff like that they'll be like oh yeah actually our in-house trainer gary can actually help you with that um and then they'll just kind of pawn it off to me oh that's Um, so good yeah so it was like a little like team-based community that that just helps each other like their their best interest is trying to build sorry trying to sign members for the gym but the members would generally ask like do you guys have classes do you guys have pts do you guys have anyone that can help me with my goals and they'll pass it on to me but you know that that also doesn't happen always happen because people aren't always interested in pt in which case you yeah you just have to either make cold calls reach out to people talk to people build your online base um, and show people that you know you you know what you're talking about Mm. Yeah. So when you first started with Prime PT, were you a bit worried about getting signups like enough to make a living? Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, even even now, like a year and a half down the track, um, I, I still get nervous now. the The thought of instability with your finances and income, and that uncertainty around you know making a living, that sticks with you as a PT and that hasn't gone away since my, my first day. Uh, I can tell you it has dramatically improved and I can definitely say that I'm less stressed about it financially. And I know for a fact that, you know, clients will come and go and that's always going to be the case. But yeah, that, that feeling of just the fear of not being able to make a living or make enough to support yourself as well as, you know, your loved ones, that doesn't go away and I don't think it ever will until, oh, who knows? Who knows? Because I haven't reached that point yet. So, <laughs> I, I honestly couldn't tell you. But, um, yeah, I, I can definitely tell you now, even if even when I, I signed under Prime, initially, it was a, a very slow burn. Um, it took me months to build up to a comfortable, comfortable standard of living. Um, mm. and, and, yeah, it was definitely quite rough. Were you like eating ramen noodles every day or something? Uh, yeah, not, not not that bad. Like <laughs> because I still live at home. Um, like I was, I live with mom and she she you know cooks for me and whatnot. But um, definitely going out and just being able to splurge it wasn't the same. Mm. Um, and it, it and just being able to actually try to save up some money um and have money put away for like a rainy day. Yeah, that was like near impossible. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, like it's definitely very rough. And and I can definitely understand and see why the PT turnover rate is just yeah. so, like the lifespan of a PT is just so short and I can see why. Yeah, I mean, like trying to get enough to live comfortably is, it's it's hard. And I can see why the, the PT turnover rate is, is so um, short, like the lifespan of a PT is so short, um, especially if you don't have like a backup income or like um, a, a support system if you will, to really just keep you afloat financially, it, c- it can definitely be really hard. So, you were in this full-time? I was in this full-time. I yeah. still am, except the only difference now is I, I have the, the necessary skills and tools to establish myself within a gym, but also just building clients. 
But for the most part, back then, it was definitely worrisome. And I think that's the biggest change. Like, now, I, I can worry less, but I still worry. Yeah. And, yeah, that like that feeling just won't... I don't think it will ever go away. Mm. That's always good to hear. Different perspective on things. Because you are pretty active on Instagram. Yeah, you, you know. I mean, as expected, you are quite fit. Do you get a lot of... Um, or do you get hit on a lot? <laughs> um, I wouldn't say hit on. Not in person, anyway. No. But, um, look, I, 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 I will say I do get DMs here and there. But they, they could definitely be, you know, misinterpreted for... Um, Just because it's over text, right? Yeah, like like look, people DM me out of nowhere, um, and it could just be business related. But um, it, sometimes it is a bit random. Like we'll get a random DM here, here and there. Yeah, but um, Gary is taken, unfortunately, everyone. So. <laughs> yeah, shout out to my girlfriend, <laughs> Monica. <laughs> uh, so fast forward to now, it's been you know, a year and a half. Like, how's your brother's whole business? He's he's kind of like the ringleader of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, do you know how many um, PTs he signed under? Like, how does how does that all work? Yeah, so, um, like, I, I would say business has been really good um, despite the whole COVID. Mm. But, yeah, like, it, it's it's been really good in the sense that I think uh, people are still... I think people are more health conscious now, um, especially with, you know, COVID and whatnot. Mm. Um, and they're, they're trying to be more fit to, you know, boost your immune system and whatnot and um you know nobody wants to die too young and i think that that has in a way it's affected but it's also helped our our industry um but for for prime um yeah we've gone from i remember like initially two trainers um to four was that you yeah yeah i was one of the first two yeah yeah two trainers to four um and now we have 10 wow yeah so um yeah i'd say um, it's been a it's been a wild ride, um, but COVID definitely, I guess, threw us a, a bit of a curveball. Yeah. So you you got the the better end, I'd say. Like it's helped more than. Done yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. I say, yeah. For me, luckily, especially over the last week, uh, it's it's been very crazy, and um, yeah, I wouldn't say it's helped, but I I, I would say I'm I'm one of the lucky few that are, that are doing okay. Mm. Yeah, that's good to hear. All right, so, well, I think we're going to finish up today's episode uh, for today. Uh, before we leave, we're just going to plug Gary's Instagram again. Uh, the handle is... At Gary Prime PT for both Facebook and Instagram. Yep, so give it, give him a cheeky follow. Um, he's always active on there. Send him a DM if you're interested. <laughs> um, but also, if you haven't followed our Instagram yet, why haven't you done that? Yeah, make That's sure you sad. do. Tom, you sick cunts. <laughs> it is Rice N Mike's podcast. Um, that's the handle at Instagram. Um, otherwise, you can visit our website at www.riceandmikes.com. Yeah, that's all. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star review. That would be really appreciated. <laughs> or follow us on Spotify if you're on there. And um, yeah, I hope you guys have a fantastic week, day, you know, however length you want, you're a good length to last. That sounds weird. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.